Oh, hey, Zach. Oh, hey, man. What's up? I'm just getting in the hot tub. Ooh, that's... Yep. Oof. It sure is warm, isn't it? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Nice after a long day work. Yeah, it is. How's your day? Uh, you know, pretty easy, pretty simple, like usual. How was your day? Uh, it's, you know, stressful day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots going on at the office. Deadlines you can't meet. Ah, uh, classic Josh. Yeah, classic. What you drinking there? Oh, this is a, a drink I heard about back in college. It's a uh, it's called a bat out of hell. Oh wow! It's That's... a mm-hmm. shot of white rum, uh, uh, half a can of Red Bull. Wow. Uh, I already forgot how to pronounce it. You know, I've always read it, but I forgot. I forgot it. Blue uh, Curacao. Oh, right. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a shot of that and uh, two ice cubes. And the ice cubes have to be rounded. Really? I guess it's just for the look, but yeah. you could probably put whatever you want in it. But I don't think anybody would care if... Well, anybody we know would care. If yeah. we're like, look at this fancy drink. And then they're like, but you have square ice cubes. Well, you know, I'd have to try it. Maybe if we do a blind taste test with the rounded ice cubes and the square ice cubes... Right next to each other. Maybe. What is it you're drinking? Oh, I just got some chalky milk. That sounds good, man. Yeah. Chalky milk in the hot tub. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to make sure to not... No, no, like... If you got a hot drink, what you can do is you can lower it into the hot tub, but, like, not let the water go over top, and it'll warm your drink. Yeah. I think I would have considered not getting in the hot tub with you in the evenings anymore. <laughs> no, dude. I, well, okay, you can decide that later on, but right now, I just, you know, you said you were drinking a bat out of hell? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's it's something like that. Like the phrase, yeah, out of there, mm-hmm. like a like a bat out of hell. Right. You know what that makes me think of? What does it make you think of? That makes me think of this album I was just listening to the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know Meatloaf? Oh, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like that album a lot. Really? You know, I, I had heard some songs from it here and yeah. there, but I really hadn't, you know, listened to the whole thing, especially, like, really paid attention to it. Yeah. Until I th- recently. I think my experience was, was very similar. I think I heard the the radio hits uh, mm-hmm. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Right. I mean, one day I, I just heard a lot about it, so one day I thought maybe it's a different experience listening to the album from beginning to end, and I'd done that, and I'm I'm glad I did that. Well, I'm pretty glad I did that, too. Yeah. I mean, you um, know, you, you're getting me, you're getting my thoughts going back, mm-hmm. back to the album. You, what would, what would you say is your opinion on the album cover? Just the, you know. I think that the album cover is pretty impressive just because it's so memorable. Right. I just think the image of that super buff naked dude riding a skeleton horse motorcycle flying out of a graveyard with a giant bat chained to a tombstone is just wonderful. <laughs> it's pretty metal. Yeah. Yeah, for an album that's not metal. At all. Yeah. And I would describe it as the most hardcore album cover. Would you? Yeah. Of all time. Maybe not of all time. But the way I phrase it would make you think that. Yeah, I mean, I you would, could you could picture it being more hardcore than it, than it is. Right, but I think for a not 
intentionally metal album cover yeah of someone not being like let's make this hardcore right it's especially so of albums that you know that are not metal that have album covers like that you think it could be one of the most metal covers um i'll be honest it's only there's only two options here that i can think of one is this and the other one's a molly hatchet album cover oh yeah i've heard a lot about their album covers being like that as well Right. And was that around the same time that these came out, you think? I th- I think it was 70s. This was 1977, if I believe correctly. I believe you're right. You know, Not I... because I looked it up, <laughs> but just because it has that sound. It does have a 1977 sound, which, back when I would hear the songs on the radio, I always, as a kid, before I opened my mind to hearing music for what it was, mm-hmm. I always thought that these songs had such an 80s sound. And I don't really feel like no. they do. They don't really have an 80s sound. I, th- I think maybe the uh, dramatic sound of like, I would do anything for love is associated with the 80s because of its ballads. Right. And I think a lot of the songs on this album are ballads, and that's why my mind right. goes to the 80s. But ballad doesn't mean 80s. No, they had ballads before 80s. It's 80s ballads right. are like a certain thing. That's like Journey yeah. and, and stuff like that. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Is has a I think it has uh, the same writer of the lyrics, which is mm. that is a very eighties ballad, and they have a similar structure to them, not sound necessarily. So I think that's just where my mind went. Again, I'm giving uh, like what nine year old me a lot of credit, but yeah, <laughs> maybe. But finding out that this was actually the seventies, uh, and it's a lot more rock than mm. than the eighties. Yeah, eighties yeah. rock than to, pop. Yeah, eighties went to. They had rock ballads, but it was, it was like half of it was like rock, and then the other half of it was like, like the new incoming of like electronic music. Yeah. You know, I and I remember that this uh, this album was rejected by a lot of studios. None of them wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. It actually came from uh, the writers. Uh, he had like a musical going. With several of the songs. I think the songs were Bad Out of Hell, All Revved Up, With No Place to Go, and uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And it was sort of like a take on Peter Pan. With the guy being oh, okay. Peter Pan with another name I can't remember. And the girl who's so pure and innocent is Wendy. And uh, that's how it originally was. And it was sort of reimagined with these spreading out to these seven songs instead of just just those three uh, and that's eventually they were picked up and they had uh, the producer, I can't remember his last name, Todd Rundgren, who does that song. I don't want to work. Oh, okay. I just want to bang. Which I didn't realize he was such a uh, like innovative and creative producer of his songs because apparently he has very creative uh, out there songs. But one that most people know about him is a pretty standard right. rock, Radio pop, friendly. Yeah, pop song, I Want to Bang on the Drum All Day. So I'm. I you often express to me that same thought. Yeah, I don't. I'm not good at drums, but often uh, when we're in the hot tub, I'll just I'll throw my bongos, my waterproof bongos, in, and I'll I'll just I'll just give us a beat. <laughs> it's true, and sometimes the urge might come over him to start rapping. Never me. Um, no. Never me. I'll try. I'll try to contain my rap desires. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's let's talk about that one. I'm trying to remember what the first yeah, track was. It was um, uh, it's called "Bad Out of Hell." Oh yeah, you, know, you know track, you know track one, the same as the album. Right. What is it? What is that called? 
the um, title, title song? Track. T- title track. Title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember th- reading that this song was, it was the desire of them to make the ultimate crash song. Because songs about crashing your car. Oh. Or crashing something. I like... thought you meant crash the band. No, no. <laughs> Wait, I'm thinking of the band Clash. Oh, yeah. It doesn't okay. sound like the Clash at all. <laughs> That's or why the... I was really confused. Or the Crash. I can't think. What's a Crash song? Uh, like, uh, let's see, Detroit Rock City. Oh, okay. It's about crashing your car, or, uh, uh, let's see, what else? It can even, it could be about a plane crash, too. Um, the Crash Test Dummy song about the kid hitting the <laughs> car so hard. It just Whoa. has to make reference to a car crash, and, and often the music will, uh, emulate that feeling of the crash mm-hmm. in it somehow. And so they wanted to make the ultimate crash song, because not necessarily, the songs don't necessarily tell a story. But this one was, this is what that was trying to tell, I, I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. I gotcha, I gotcha. You know, with an album for me, it's all about openers and closers. Yeah. Personally. Because I'm not, I'm not a single kind of guy. I'm not um, a person who listens to songs, you know, by this artist and that artist, you know, here and there. I like to listen to an album as a whole. Yeah. And so... It's to me. It's really important how an album opens I agree. and how it closes, yeah. because the opener sets the tone, and the closer will make you want to listen to it again if yeah. it's done right. I completely agree with you. And for this, I gotta say, it was just a, it was big and bold. Yeah, it had highs and lows. It was good. Yeah, I like. I liked it as an opener. Yeah, I like the the. It starts off so strong. With mm-hmm. that piano and the guitar and, and how fast paced it is and it goes down into those words setting the scene, uh, of like the story of the song and then of course the big chorus comes back in, uh, and even like, I I don't think there's any second of the song where I think it's too long. I think they spend enough time. Even though it is, n- almost ten minutes. Right, it's a long song, especially for an opener. Right. But they they spend and he spends enough time. Um, on each section and it, it's fast moving. Uh, I, you know, I read, uh, before that this is often compared to, uh, Bruce Springsteen's, uh, songs on the album and including Born to Run, which, and I, and I think that there are certain members of the E Street band that performed on this album, which okay. may be that, but I, I can kind of see where they're coming from because that... I'm not too familiar with Bruce Springsteen's work on that album because I'm not a, the biggest fan of Bruce Springsteen, if I'm being honest. Me either. But I can see the similarities. Born to Run, also a big song like that, big, mm-hmm. dramatic, with the with the full band in it. But when I when I hear a Bruce Springsteen song, I'm always picturing Bruce Springsteen telling me a story in mm-hmm. the song. But for like this song in particular, I'm not picturing like Meatloaf singing a song, not the person or the food. I'm seeing right. It'd be like, weird if Meatloaf was telling you a story. <laughs> yes, food, and maybe it's because of like the musical, like stage show mm-hmm. feelings of the song. But even before I knew it, I always picture a big show. It's like a big band. There's a choir. There's lights. There's fire. I'm picturing the scene that they're being with this song. Unlike just being told a story, it like gives me huge big images in my head, with each like pounding. Uh, note that they do yeah yeah it's good <laughs> i got nothing to add to that how would you rate this song you know the way in my head i feel like 
whenever we happen to be in the hot tub together talking about music, just by happenstance. Which happens a lot, because yeah. we we both have hectic lives, and we like to chill. We live in the same apartment building with a hot tub out back. Exactly. And we like to just come back out and chill, while maybe while our, wine, our, while our wives have a glass of wine. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And the way I would, you know, rate these is, you know, um, how a regular rating system works out of 10. You well, know? thanks for setting that up well, so I can understand. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, for me, um, it, it was really about uh, 6 through 10 is like... Because it, when you go below that, it means you don't really like the song. Yeah. 6 is like a song that's fine. You're not really into it, but I you don't it. dislike it. Seven's a song that's good. Yeah. Maybe you're not like crazy about the song, but you, you recognize the good parts about it. Maybe right. you're not going back to it. Eight is a song that you would listen to again and that you enjoyed. Yeah. But it wasn't like, wow. Nine's a song that's like, wow, that was an awesome song. And ten's a perfect song. Right. So that's how, in my head, it works. So I, I would give this an eight out of ten. Very nice. Based on that system. Is I thought this was a big opener. It had a lot of awesome moments. Mm-hmm. And I'd listen to it again. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I I might bump it a little higher. Mm-hmm. Because the, I find this is the song on the album that I go back to the most. Because like it's also a really good song to drive to. Because of how how big and it seems because like you can really get speeding. Yeah, you're, it's like a twenty five and you're going seventy. And once you and and you know that I I learn lyrics very quickly to songs, oh, yes. not even by choice, but I just do. And it's a very fun song to sing too because it's it's big and it's like operatic, mm-hmm. and like you said, epic. So yeah, I think I maybe I give this song maybe I give it a nine. Okay. And I think like you said, it is a perfect opener to the album. It is. I'm trying to remember what what follows it, what follows it up. Um, you know, I'm not great with you know song titles or album album uh, or like lyrics or anything. But I believe the second one, if I'm just running back on my memory, that is, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh uh, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's an that's an interesting song. You know, I remember, you know, we just talked about how bad out of hell is like nine minutes. That this song was supposed to be. The, the song from the album that was a pop song, that was a, going to be a radio hit. It was mm. supposed to be the given radio hit. And I find that interesting uh, because it, it, does, it is a radio hit, because this is one of the ones right. that you hear on the radio, but it doesn't feel like every go-to radio hit of the era. It's not a very 70s radio hit. No. Well, how did you feel about the song? Um, I thought that um, it, was a, it was a nice cool-down after the huge mm-hmm. opener because if you you can't keep up tension that high constantly yeah you can't have all power all the time you need yeah. a chance to cool down from it you have that big 10 minute opener you need a couple songs or so to like give your mind a chance to ease up if you're listening to an album straight right. through yeah like this and i thought this was good um for that and it's really catchy too yeah so I like the vocal melody a lot, and I find it does the same thing with bat with uh, that does that bat out of hell does where um, it all sounds really full. Like mm-hmm. you have the guitar and the piano, and there's always a uh, not necessarily a choir in this one, but there's always some backup vocals, maybe even some layered vocals mm-hmm. that makes every moment feel like it is big, even with the song that is that is much more it's much simpler than bat out of hell, but it's still much bigger than the average average pop song right it is much bigger because 70s wasn't about you know the big wall of sound yeah kind of thing it was like 
it it was it was rock was a little simpler than this was because this is big you know it's got a lot of these songs have you know the big piano and guitars and yeah. they have like saxophones and horns and violin and like a like a, a yeah. string section and all that stuff which I don't think was very common yeah in the seventies right getting into like the eighties you know having that a little bit more happened but I feel like this was very early to do that yeah you know more about music than me in particular Mm, I I feel like every note in these two beginning songs hit really hard Mm -hmm. like not like a hard rock song but like every note is like there and and for me not knowing about music I feel like I feel every note like none of it is subtle that's the difference between a songwriter and a composer Mm. because these had a composer right written behind them and because you listen to like a musical and every note is intentional. Mm-hmm. It has a purpose. You listen to a pop song, even today, or the 70s or 80s or whatever it is, and they're a lot simpler. You know, it's like you have a guitar and, you know, you're strumming chords, but the chords are there to hold the melody, pretty yeah. much. You're there to, to hold, you know, the rhythm, to combine the rhythm and the melody of your vocals together is what, you know, a guitar or a piano is there for in pop. Because it's not very complex or anything but when you have this you have a composer behind it music comes in the forefront and that is what's building the emotion and the vocals really just hit home yeah a lot of times i agree and i I like what this song they do um interesting thing with the vocal melodies and it starts with this song i can't remember if bad out of hell does it but there's one thing that i like that is in several of these songs where and i don't know the musical term for it again but a line will start and you'll know where the line is going, mm-hmm. but it will like it will stop. It'll catch itself to take your anticipation. It does that several times in the verses, and then in mm-hmm. the last verse, it doesn't do it at all. It gives you that satisfaction that it's been pulling back. And there's better example of that later on in the album, but I find it in this one too. It's a moment that I like to play in my head over and over again when I think about the song. Very nice. What would you say you, you rate, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth? Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was catchy. Um, so therefore, I'll give it a seven. Very it wasn't nice. a spectacular song, in my opinion. I think it's a good song, and it deserves the praise it gets. That's all I have to say. All right. So that one, and I, I appreciate it wasn't uh, a drop down from the first one in mm-hmm. a slow song. I feel like that would have been a bad choice. Is the next song a slow song? Yes. I can't remember. Okay, what's the next song? The ne- well, you didn't rate it. Oh, uh, I think I'd give it uh, an 8 of 10, especially for what it was trying to do. If you're trying mm-hmm. to just do a pop song, the the idea that this is what they created, that this was their most, okay, this is for the normal people, mm-hmm. that that's pretty impressive. So I would give it an 8 of 10. Yeah, I guess it's hard for me to th- think that way because all the music I listen to is huge and right. big and bold um like these songs are so it's to me it's like these aren't like that outlandishly big and bold i guess also because i didn't listen to this when it came out right this is much later in right my music listening life <clears throat> anyway the next song was heaven can wait heaven can wait yeah. yes i remember this song yeah how do you I, feel about it i would say that heaven can wait is personally my least favorite on the album okay and it feels like it's a mom a moment in the album where the perfect time to put this song is number three. Mm-hmm. Like, we had that step down. Okay, give us the slow one. I think there is a version of Heaven Can Wait later on the album that is way better than Heaven Can Wait. It's the softest song on the album. And I think it has really... It, the piano melody is really nice. 
and like the string section is really nice mm-hmm. like i find those soothing to listen to but the lyrics the only part that sticks in my mind is heaven can wait and i can't remember anything else after it passes okay. if and nothing on this album really feels like filler but this feels like it's the one that comes closest to me i always skip it if i listen to the album that's interesting because this is probably my second favorite song oh album. man um well that's good tell me why the reason is and i is um i heard once um from i forget i well that's from a guy on youtube but uh he said that you're always watching pr- producer i'm always watching the youtubes um, a producer told him once that if a song can't be stripped back to like one instrument, mm-hmm. then it's not a great song. Okay. If if you can play a song with one instrument and give the same feeling that you can give with ten right. instruments, like this, like these songs are, right? Then it's a great song because you can have a good song that has a bunch of instruments, but it it really defines a great song. And for me, lyrics aren't as important as they are to you, right? Because I'm more into the music side of it. And you're more into the lyric side of it because you're a writer. That's true. And, and you write music. And I write music. It's the and perfect so, balance. And so for this me, hot tub is perfectly balanced. It's true. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Just like Goldie Locks would like it. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, but for this, the the piano for me, um, and I've got a, I've got, even though I love, uh, hard heavy music yeah. and all that stuff. There, there is a special spot in my heart for like really soft music okay. because I listen to so much heavy music and not like super, super heavy, you know, not like extreme heavy metal or anything, but like hard rock and stuff like that. And it's yeah. fast and stuff and complicated, like prog rock. Uh, but then when I'm not feeling it, I'm really not feeling it. And I need something to really slow and simple and calm yeah. and like this is the kind of song that really caters to that feeling for okay. me um, because it, it it puts you in that place where you're really relaxed mm-hmm. and like you're ready to like sit there and just chill out and not think about much you're just in the moment with the song yeah that that's the kind of feeling I get from this okay. song I respect that completely and I, and I think that you've upped my view of the song very nice um what else did you think about it um well Personally, I prefer Meatloaf's more powerful vocals. Yeah, Be- me too. Because when he sings softly, and I, I I know it's a stylistic choice, but he puts a lot of vibrato in his voice. Like he's like, uh, yeah. like that, but a lot better, clearly. Right. Um, <laughs> and the more powerful is... is you know, it, add, it really adds to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this song, even though it is, you know, a softer song, he's not going to be screaming his heart out in this right. song. Um it still was good. I just don't prefer the vocals style. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I just prefer Meatloaf's more powerful. I agree completely, and I think that uh, that's what I kept waiting for in this song, and we'll talk about it when we get there. There's another mm-hmm. song on this album that is similar style, but it builds up to a more powerful moment. Right. And I kept waiting for that to happen in this song, and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to. Like, right. not every song has to be structured that way, and I respect that this song is just that all the way through, uh, and you need that on the album, so I, I think this is a good song, mm-hmm. like you said, and I, I think it just doesn't go to my taste, because right. and it's, that's why it's my least favorite on the album, but I'd pro- I'd probably not the worst on the album, just my least favorite. I'd give this a rating of 8.5 out of 10. I think I'll give it a 7. You up my, my respect of it. Aww. I appreciate that. 
So what, Changing views in the hot tub. Yep. You know, you get in the hot tub thinking one thing, and you, you get out thinking another. It happens every time. That's how Zach uh, talked me out of shaving my head last month. It's true. I said, your hair's looking good. And he said, really? I was about to shave it in the hot tub. And I decided to uh, talk him out of now, it. Now that I'm thinking back, I'm thinking less that you thought my hair looked good and more that you didn't want my hair floating around you in the hot tub. Well, you know, I think both okay. is really the answer. I think... You you could you could do what you want with your hair, I feel like <laughs> it is um, my my stylistic choice. Right, but I feel like there's many people in your life who would be upset with you for just shaving your head, and I would be covered in your hair, which I I'm pre- not really looking forward to. I appreciate you saying that. You're welcome. So, uh, how was a uh, heaven can wait followed up? Uh, it, the next song was all revved up with no place to go. And fun fact, I didn't know until. Probably yesterday that revved had two V's in it. Okay. The word revved. I, that's fun sort fact. of a fun fact. I'm is not sure it's how fun bad as, I am at spelling. I'm not sure it's as fun as you think it is. It's so fun. I would take that to show and tell. Now this song, for me, <laughs> you would take it to show and tell. Let's just move on. <laughs> this song for me, uh, it, it's, I remember the the melody i remember the sound of it and i think it has a nice sound i like the saxophone in it that is the not not to interrupt you we're not giving any spoilers but the saxophone is like the best part of the song yeah i agree that's what i was gonna say i think that because when i start the song when i hear it i always think like maybe i don't want to listen to the song right now and then i think like oh i like this Mm -hmm. the saxophone like lead is nice because oh yeah like that big sax solo yeah Oof, and the the maybe I think what one problem is is that the hook of the the um, vocal melody mm-hmm. it just doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I agree. And like the the female backups are like the weakest. The backups are the weakest in the song. I mm-hmm. personally my, my favorite part of the song, and I I think I may have mentioned this before, is at the end when it speeds up so much. Okay. The last ten seconds or so is a, a version of the of a verse and a chorus I think but sped up a lot and it it is only satisfying because you've sat through the whole song which right. is very repetitive and then you get like this little treat of of like a big meatloaf moment but I, I agree with you that the the saxophone really is the only reason to stick with the song up until that point mm-hmm. yeah I for me this is the weakest song mm-hmm. on the album I listen to it and it's not bad I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a bad song. I've heard worse songs in my life. Sure, for for sure, and it's not that, and it fits well in the album. Like mm-hmm. it's not like out of place. And I'm like, why did they put this in here? Yeah, this or was like that. This was one of, and it surprised me. Was one of the original songs of like one of the first ones written, right? Along with Bad Out of Hell and, and I think Paradise by the Dashboard Light, I, which it was surprised me because. Uh, it just doesn't feel like that strong of one to, to hook you, but mm-hmm. it makes sense that it has its place. I know, um, especially if you have a song with seven, I mean, an album with seven songs, that's, no, that's, there's not really room for filler. Yeah. And I know that albums a lot of times, <clears throat> excuse me, coughing in the hot tub. <laughs> um, albums a lot of times, what people will do is they'll write more songs than they need. Yeah. And they'll cut out the ones that they don't like. Right. Which... I feel like they couldn't do here right. because there's only seven songs. I mean, it's a 45 minute album, um, but it, there's just there's only seven songs, and you take yeah. one out, and now your album is only a few songs long. 
Right. And I don't think I would cut this song. I wouldn't say I would cut I'm it. I'm not sure what I would do to fix it. But I feel like you could make it better. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's what people do a lot of times is they won't is they they'll rework a song yeah. into a better song. Um they'll change it from what it, what they originally wrote it and like that's what happens when you like you involve more people in it cuz like most of the time it, like in a band which Milof isn't a band he's just a singer right yeah. but he had like a composer with him this right. time and a writer um but usually when you like combine people is people will say you know they'll they'll add something to it or like that'll like fix this part that you yeah. didn't like or whatever it is and for this when it's just one guy writing and he's trying to get into the groove of this album you know this was probably the weakest of the songs that he originally wrote for it. Right. Um, I agree. Well, it's, well, definitely. I think it's the weakest song of the album. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm. It's it's torn between two for me, but it it, other than Heaven Can Wait, it's it's one that I stick with it for the sax solo, and that outro, which is just a no. It's not very long, but mm-hmm. I always feel like it's a little bit of a chore, and I'm just doing it for these few things that but I. But you like. do that with a lot of songs. I do that. I will have them. A little bit of moments that I like and I'll listen to a whole song for it like there's a moment in the ending guitar solo of Hotel California <laughs> that I like that's, that's the only reason you stick around for <laughs> it's an alright song other than that I, it's just overplayed but yeah that's but why it's, I it's I like you're like it. you're like oh, I don't really want to hear this song right now well in six minutes there's this one uh, <laughs> half a second clip that's gonna go down well I'll have a further anecdote on that um, in on the next song okay Actually, but what would you well, rate this one? I would rate it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, it was okay. okay. Yeah. It wasn't spectacular. I agree with you. All right. What was that next song? So, uh, uh, 2 out of 3 ain't bad. Uh, 2 out of 3 ain't bad. Now, this song, uh, speaking of Hotel California, is I read was sort of styled like an Eagles song. Which okay. at first I was like, huh? But then I like kind of heard it in my head with like a slight southern accent, and suddenly it was an Eagles song. It has like the yeah. vocal melody oh, of okay. an Eagles yeah, song. Yeah, I can it's see very it now. Simple. If I take Meatloaf out of it and I put in yes, whatever that guy's name is. What is his name? Uh, Don. Don Henley. Don. Well, no, he was a guitar player. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> we later. show we know a lot about music. Uh, but yeah, I can see how this is. Yeah. Cause two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, it sounds just like an Eagle song. Like, I wouldn't question it in the slightest. Right. Like, you could take the skeleton of the song and send it to the Eagles, and it would be right. an Eagle song. Which makes sense to me why, why it was a single, because think about how big the Eagles are. Like, their mm-hmm. greatest hits is one of the most selling albums of all time. Right. That if they wanted another guaranteed single, that that they would style a song like this, and you know it works. I think it is one of the singles, and I mm-hmm. I do hear this song on the radio occasionally, um. And I think it's nice. Like I usually will listen to it. Um, it doesn't necessarily stay with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again. It's not one of the bigger moments, and, and they don't all have to be, but as far as the softer songs go, uh, it's not my my personal favorite, but I like some things about it. I didn't really have any thoughts about it musically, because it was, it you know, it's just, there's nothing spectacular to say about it musically. Yeah. But I will say that, just, um, because I can't ever pick out lyrics... When I was listening to this album, I pulled up the lyrics to each song and kind of read along with it. Okay. And um, this is just a brutal song. Mm-hmm. He's just, 
the, just what he's saying to the girl in the yeah. song is just so brutal. And he's, he's like, hey, you know, I really, I like you a lot. I won't ever love you. And that's fine, right? And then he's like, but okay, but hear me yeah, out. Hear me why. A girl did this exact same thing to me. And so I'm doing it to you now. Yeah. What do you say? <laughs> I think it's a nice, uh, like, I think they're capturing a nice thing that happens to a lot of people in mm-hmm. this song. Uh, and it, but it's obviously been done more subtly and, and better well-written. I can't, I absolutely hate the line. Uh, what is it? You've been cold to me so long. I'm crying icicles instead of tears. Something like that. That is just so stupid to me. I think... <laughs> I really like the lyrical choices of Bad Out of Hell. Mm-hmm. Comparing, like, Heaven and Hell in ways that are unexpected in other songs throughout like that. But th- that is just, like... I hate that. <laughs> I absolutely hate that. And the I two... Remember, I-, I remember recently we were listening to a song and you just went... That's a stupid line. They should change that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just funny to me because I don't even think about that. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, <laughs> But you're like, that's stupid. They need to rewrite that. Because a lot of these songs are like metaphors or something given. Like two out of three ain't bad is a memorable like hook that they're doing with the uh, I love you. I want you. Or I, I want you. I need you. But I'm never going to love you. Right. I think that part's fine. And like the content's fine. But sometimes they're just a little too much it's just it feels a little juvenile yeah um but other than that it, it's a it's an all right song and i think it, mm-hmm. it it uh it can deserve its radio play yeah i'd give it a seven out of ten i think i would too i think which this is strange i think as a meatloaf song it's fine if it was an eagle song i wouldn't like it because it would just be like another one of the eagle songs yeah. but since it's by meatloaf and it's not everything that he's done I'm all right with it. Yeah, if it was a if it was an eagle song, it would just fall into the pit of other eagle songs. Yeah, the ones that you can't tell apart. Right. Yeah, I agree. Very I nice. agree. The next song is a big song. It was probably the one everybody knows. Yeah, probably the only Meatloaf song I knew for a really long time okay. was "Paradise by the Dashboard Light." Mm-hmm. Yep. If this song to me. Feels longer than Bad Out of Hell. Okay, despite despite the fact right. that it's shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might just be because I've heard it over and over and over again. When I heard Bad Out of Hell for the first time the other day, yeah, and I was like, "Wow, this is great!" And I've heard this one so much, and it's not it's not overplayed because it's not you know they don't play it that super often. I don't right. hear it that often, even if it you know if they played it a lot on the radio. I don't listen to the radio a lot. Um, I only really hear it when I'm with you. Yeah. And so, um, but it's definitely not my favorite on the album. It's fine. I understand what everybody likes about it and, like, the the way it flows. And I can appreciate a song that has, a you know, a wacky song structure. Yeah. Because I like a lot of songs like that. But for me, it just, it goes on and on and on okay. and on yeah. and on. <laughs> Even though it's not as long as the longer songs on this album. I agree. Uh, this song, I really... I like a lot of things about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the the lyrics of this one because they are pretty silly. and But I, like, I think it rides the line just fine. It's not mm-hmm. as dramatic as Bad Out of Hell. It's not as silly as Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. It's just right in the middle. Right. And the, the dialogue between the guy and the girl 
is really fun and at the end them singing powerfully i do agree with you it it does go on longer than it should mm-hmm. like i think the first chunk is fine we could cut out the middle section that's just you know like the baseball section and trim up the end section and it could have been like five minute song yeah and still uh, achieved everything. it would have been i i would have liked the song a lot more if it was like that yeah and i and i, I really like the vocal melody of the first two verses and that this was one thing I talked about earlier with the, the um, you know, you know where a line goes and then they cut it short is mm-hmm. uh, we were barely 17 and we were barely dressed is what they say in the first verse. And in yeah. the second verse, they cut, it, all the way in they, yeah, they cut it short, barely 17 and we were barely and then they jump to the next section. Right. Which doing it the second time is is uh, I guess it's the opposite of satisfying. It makes you want more and then you're waiting for the song to come back around. It's it's a big um, it's a big shift in mm-hmm. the song. I mean, you go from like, cause like, it's not like, it doesn't like change. Like, it's not like section A, section B, section C. It's like full song, mm-hmm. stop at the end of that full song and boom, you're into a second song. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. I, I do. I do like that. I like the big stop. Yeah. And the way they do it. Yep. So I, I like the song a lot. It It is always too long to listen to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, the problem is I really like the ending of the song and mm-hmm. I really like the beginning of the song and I kind of could just do away with most of it in the middle. Right. So if it was a shorter song, I think it would be way better. I agree with that. Yeah, so I probably would give it a seven. I was agreeing. I am. You That's are fact currently? That, yeah. Okay. You agreed before and you agree still and That's you true. will agree later. Yes. All right. <sighs> so we've gone over in the hot tub the first six songs. We probably should not be in here this long. <laughs> I'm pruny. It's bad. I'm going to have to drink so much water when I, I get out. I can't feel my feet. Yeah, I don't think chalky milk is your go-to. Mm-mm. It's not good. I finished my bat out of hell, and I don't feel any energized from the Red Bull. No. Well, if you mix it with alcohol, I don't think it's going to really energize you that much. And I Plus, it's get, only half a can. I always get drowsy from alcohol anyway. So it's probably just equaling out. Yeah, I'm probably just going to get out of here, dry up, and probably head up to bed. Well, I should shower first, because this... Water kind of is a little chemically. Yeah, that's true. But there's one more song. There's one more song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for crying out loud. That's the op- that's the opener. You talked earlier about how important that would be to the album. The closer. Yeah, beginning and ending. Right, because there is, it's a big, Bad Out of Hell is such a huge opener. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, like the beginning of the song is so powerful and like, yeah. it drops down to like a part where you can like you're like. For me, it's like you're like the thought of like you're like wow, and like you're leaning back like this is crazy, and then it slows down. You're leaning in like oh, what is he saying? Yeah. And then for this one, it's the opposite. Right. Like you start, and it's again that feeling for me of just a guy and a piano. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it starts like that, and for me, um, an album ender needs to be like one of two things. You know, depending on how the flow of the album has been going at that point, it either needs to end big. It needs to end slow, or it needs to build to being big. Yeah. Um, for me. And so this uh, did the building thing. Um, it started off slow, but, like, the piano to me was really cool. I like the build in the piano. It's like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. And, like, they do it later with, like, strings and right. stuff like that. And it builds, like, this big epic thing, and he's singing super powerfully in the song. Yeah. But for me, personally... Again, much like Paradise by the Dashboard Light, 
I felt this song could have ended at like the six and a half minute mark. Mm-hmm. Where the first big, yeah, the after it builds big, mm-hmm. the first time, and then it like calms. Yeah, and like that could have been the end of the album, and I would have been like satisfied and been like, that was awesome. I need to listen to this again. Mm-hmm. But when it keeps going back into a slow part, to me, it's it was still good. I still enjoyed the slow part afterwards. But for me, for the for this to be the song that I wanted it to be, like the perfect song in my mind, like for me, it was almost like the perfect meatloaf song. Uh-huh. It just kept going a bit too long. Yeah. Which might be a trait of any meatloaf song. Yeah. So maybe it is favorite. <laughs> I agree with you. As the closer of the album, they couldn't have done, besides the what you mentioned, I agree, is it is a bit long. The They could have trimmed up the outro. But yeah. other than that, it is a, a perfect closer to the mm-hmm. album because it takes the slow elements. But I like I said, this is the one that I think of with Heaven Can Wait. It does what Heaven Can Wait, but does it better. Mm-hmm. Like the vocal melody is nicer. The piano is nice. And it builds up to that huge moment where he takes the he uh, where the stringed instruments come in and uh, he's singing the lyrics much more powerfully and probably probably more powerful than anywhere else on the album i think yeah. more powerful and raw yeah and it's definitely and like i'm super surprised that meatloaf like in the way he's singing because it's it's kind of operatic but it's 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 just big belts yeah pretty much but he can hit some high notes and it's he's not going into like different voices like types like in his throat or anything yeah He's just nailing it, like, head on. Right. And, like, he's just screaming his heart out to hit those super high notes in this song. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And, yeah, like you said, it has that big moment. It goes into another soft moment. And it builds up to a big one again in just a little bit. Uh, And I like both big moments, but I think they could have been combined Mm -hmm. to make it a perfect song. And the the lyrics at points are, again, a little silly. Mm-hmm. It's a little overdramatic, kind of like two out of three ain't bad. But I feel like that really adds from the fact that this was a musical. Yeah. Like, I, I can feel it, and I can I can ignore it, and I'm fine with it mm-hmm. because of how good the song sounds. And, like, again, like uh, Bad Out of Hell, it's a song that you can sing mm-hmm. and sing really, really badly with along in the uh, shower or car or whatever right and just you sing really badly and it just feels so good trying to hit those notes along with them and yeah it is just the perfect closer to the album and it makes me want to start back over with that like if spot if i'm listening to just the album which occasionally i would do at work mm-hmm. uh and the album starts back over at bad out of hell it makes me want to listen to bad out of hell again right and that's really for me what marks an awesome yeah ender and a beginning because if you can end the album and for me Spotify's always on the loop. Yeah. So it'll loop the album or whatever I'm listening yeah, to, same. like the playlist over again. So. And so if I, if it ends and it gives me a second and then it starts again and I'm like, yes, then it's a good opener and closer. And for me, this yeah. is definitely, it's definitely there. Right. Even with it going on a bit too long for me, it still ends satisfying enough right. to where I'm completely okay. If it looped again, I would listen to Bad Out of Hell again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, my feelings at, at, for the album as a whole, it always made me want to go listen to more Meatloaf. And unfortunately, any other Meatloaf I've tried to listen to, because uh, there's a Bad Out of Hell 2 and 3, uh, mm. 
just pales in comparison because I don't yeah. think it has all of the pieces that this one has. The only other song that I think that is well known is I Would Do Anything for Love, which has a nice structure to it, but it's a little too silly and ADZ. Yeah. Which is not a word, but it it's more of a joke than it is a good song. And I think these songs are able to keep their they're pretty much timeless for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh like a few of them don't age well. Like, two out of three ain't bad. I don't think it's just, well, heaven can wait. But most of them, like, I can listen to, and they don't feel cheesy. They feel just right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think this album in itself, I can understand why this album is so popular. Because even listening to it all, it all goes so well together. Even the ones that, that are weaker efforts fit so well in the grand scheme of things. Right. That it makes me uh, really like this album. I would for sure go see Bad Out of Hell, the musical. Yeah, I think I would too. Because... This, I I mean, the structure and the music and everything, because it was written basically for a musical, it does work really well in my mind. Like, you throw in some story in the middle of it, yeah. and it's a perfect musical. It's perfect musical music. Because musicals can be silly. They can have sillier lyrics yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah, it's completely okay it because it's a musical, and right. that's how they're structured. That's how they are. And so... Thinking about this as if I was just listening to a musical soundtrack yeah. and turning off everything else, it's it's great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I said it, so. You agree with yourself. I do. I'm glad. Thank you. So, cool. Very nice. Yep. So, I, w- I would say, here's, here's my liner notes. Okay. About the whole album for me. Is that Meatloaf's... Uh, I w- I'm not a particularly big fan of Meatloaf. Yeah. Like, this album is great. Um, I think Meatloaf is a good singer. Like, the huge, powerful singer part of him is great. I feel like his soft vocals aren't the soft vocals that I particularly like. Yeah. But I feel like they're not bad. So, overall, that's good. I think the composition of the album is great. And tone through an album is a big thing for mm-hmm. me. Because if a, an album feels really disjointed, even if it's not something like this where you could kind of weave a narrative through mm-hmm. it, even if it's not, if every song sounds so crazy different, yeah. and the fact of... Or too similar. Or too similar, right. I, I feel like that really detracts from an album because it's like you're listening to a compilation yeah. and not to an album. Because an album for me should should remain kind of themed and not even like lyrically or like like a story or anything like that but like the music you know it shouldn't be the same but it should you should be able to recognize where it's from even if it's not you know the big single from the album and I think this did that really well um but uh I feel like almost every song on the album is a ballad yeah and, which didn't bother me that much, but I feel like people listening to this nowadays, like, people who bought it in, like, the 70s and 80s and stuff like that, that's what they were going for. Because they're going into the into the era of ballads. Yeah. Like, that's what everybody was loving. That's what the radio was all about, was those big ballads. But I feel like nowadays, when people's attention span isn't as long, and they're not willing to listen to a song that's longer than four minutes. Yeah, to it's listen, too much. Right, to listen to a song... That's nine minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. That is a big bad. As epic as it might be, 
wouldn't hold up. Yeah, I agree. I think I would, uh, if I was recommending something from this album, if it was somebody I knew was really Mm -hmm. open-minded, I would recommend Bad Out of Hell. Because I think that that they would, if it's someone who wants to listen to it, but is more accustomed to modern music, Mm -hmm. maybe you took the words right out of my mouth. Because it's just more traditional. Yeah. Did we rate for crying out loud? Uh, I don't know if we did. You can rate it again if you, just in case. Just in case. I rated it a 9 out of 10. I agree. 9 out of 10. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that, and that's it. Uh, like you said, because of the the ballad that uh, I said before, a lot of them were timeless, but that does date it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they, they can be, some of them can be inaccessible. Right. And for me, the best song of the album is the last song for crying out loud. Right, which is and, very inaccessible. I would never right. recommend it outside I, of the album. Exactly. I, I think that you need to at least listen to a few songs from the album. You don't need to listen to all of them. I feel like you need to listen to Bad Out of Hell, You Took the Reds White Out of My Mouth, and Paradise by the Dashboard Light. You could skip the rest and you could still get the experience The experience of this album with skipping you know, the middle stuff. Even though I do like the middle stuff, it's just... You know, if you just listen to those four songs, I feel like you get the meatloaf experience. Mm-hmm. You get the highs and the lows and the craziness, and you end with the big thing, and you're not thinking, what in the world was that? <laughs> right, I agree. So, overall, for me, I give this album a score of 8, of 8 of 10. I think I would agree. Very nice. Well, it's been nice talking about meatloaf in the hot tub. Oh, right yeah, now. it's been great. You know, I gotta get back up. You know, my chalky milk's getting a little warm. That's so I gotta top it off. I'm gonna go up and add meatloaf to the uh, grocery list we keep on the fridge. Oh, very nice. Very nice. All right. See you later, man. Yep. See you tomorrow in the tub. Step right now! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop the record.